You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. What Were You Thinking is brought to you by Angie'sList.com. Need veterinary care for your pets? How about someone to work on your home, teeth, or car? Take away the guesswork by choosing a provider that your neighbors gave the highest rating. You'll find thousands of reviews on service providers right in your area. What Were You Thinking listeners get a 25% discount too. Join Angie's List and use promo code THINKING, T-H-I-N-K-I-N-G, and get 25% off at Angie'sList.com. You've had a long day at work, and you can't wait to just get home, take off your shoes, plop yourself down in your favorite chair, and relax. Ah. You walk up to your tranquil residential home and your neatly manicured lawn in your quiet suburban neighborhood, put the key in the lock, open the door, and... Yes, the pets have gone wild! What were you thinking? Welcome to the show about everything you always wanted to know about exotic pets. Where to get them, what to feed them, and how to care for them. You'll even find out why some people live with a monkey. Now, here's your host, exotic pet expert and author, Bob Tart. Hey, Bob, what were you thinking? Guten Tag, meine Damen und Herren. Guten Morgen, Frau Linda. Wie geht's? Uh, ich heiße Bob Tart, Autor des Buches Enslaved by Ducks, and I am addressing you in very bad German this morning. A little hint there. Uh-huh, because uh, I have some uh, exciting news, news. from uh, Germany, and that is that my book Enslaved by Ducks will be out in a German edition in May of 2011. You can see even Otis is excited about it. He He's is. Uh, cooing right now. The book has a little bit of a different title in German edition, and uh, the German title is Das Land Neurotiker, <laughs> and what that means is the rural neurotic. <laughs> so I guess I'm the rural neurotic. Um, Whatever they say. Yeah, I asked uh, my editor uh, at the German publisher She told me that Enslaved by Ducks didn't really translate very well. It sounded weird in German. Like that doesn't sound weird. Well, she said that in uh, Germany right now, there's a big trend called Das Land, which means the countryside or the country, and that I guess a lot of people are um, rediscovering the countryside and maybe trying to move out to the country. Oh, and so she's hoping to uh, kind of fit in with that trend, so capitalize on it. So, um, Getting in there at just the right time. Yeah, so I want everybody listening to go to Amazon.de. That's Amazon.de. That's the German version of Amazon. Go to the pull-down menu that says Bucher, which means books, and then type in Bob Tart, and you will see Das Land Neurotiker, and you will want to order several copies. Take You'll your have... German classes first. Yes, and in fact, um, I just downloaded some podcasts of German lessons, so hopefully I can remember uh, uh, my German teachers, wherever they are, they're not they're not deceased, but they're rolling over somewhere hearing my <laughs> German this morning. This is, um, what's the date today? Oh, is it the 26th, 7th? Yeah, February Somewhere 26th, because the last day of the month is Monday. And this is our, we usually do a zero-degree weather show most years, and we did have a zero-degree weather day, but uh, I'm calling this our winter doldrums show. Mm -hmm. You should say your grandpa and grandma came from Germany, so that's a little tribute to that. They did, and I believe um, my dad's 
mom and dad also were of German extraction. So, so that, that makes it nice. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, this is our uh, We're Tired of Winter, Winter Doldrum we're, show. We're hoping it's spring soon show. Yeah. Um, and so because of the winter doldrums, I haven't done a show in a while. And because of the winter doldrums to try and get out of them, we are doing a show now. Um, before we get into anything else, I want to real quickly mention um, our last show was uh, Holiday Books. and I for- All the animal books we love. Yeah, and I forgot to mention a really good one. It's a children's book, and it's by my Facebook friend, Bill Volkart. And are we running the dishwasher? Shouldn't be okay. going. It's by my... I think that's a dishwasher. Maybe we can turn that off while we're doing this. It's by my Facebook friend, Bill Volkart. And um, he has a great website called Mount Holly Duck Sanctuary. I'll give you the URL. M-T Holly, H-O-L-L-Y, DuckSanctuary.com. Bill Volkart. And I'll put a link on um, the Pet Life Radio page. Anyway, Bill wrote a great children's book called Meep Finds His Way. M-E-E-P, Meep Finds His Way. I don't think you've seen that, Linda. I haven't. And it's about a, a true story of a little blind duckling that uh, these people decided to keep, even though it was blind, and what a wonderful pet Meep made, even though Meep was blind. And it's a really great book, really nice illustrations, and there's there were nice tips in there about dealing with a blind duck. One of the things they did for Meep was in the corner of Meep's pen, they put a little dangling bell where the food was. So the little bell would tinkle in the wind, and so Meep could follow the sound, learned pretty quickly that his food was by the bell. And so, you know, that's a good way for a blind duck to know where its food is. I like is. that. Yeah. And if the bowl was empty, you could ask for more. Yep, so it's by Bill Volkart, V-O-L-K-A-R-T, and you want to go to MountHollyDuckSanctuary.com to get it. So, um, okay, so what did you want to talk about today? Well, we could tell about Julia and Julius going to the vet. That happened this winter. Yep, and do you remember the reason we took well, him to the vet? Well, I went out there one day to the barn, and Julius, no, Julia was molting. You don't see a chicken molting in the middle of winter. Most of her chest feathers were gone, and there was just these little pin feathers coming in, and there was different places on her body where it was just, to me, it looked like a typical molt. And I thought, whoa, what's going on here? And uh, we had no idea why I'd be doing that. Also, Julius had some sort of white stuff on his feet. We didn't know if it was scaly mites or what it was. We treated him for that a few uh, months back, and I don't know. We didn't know. So I thought they... They could keep each other company anyway, going to the vet together. So he took them up to the vet. And then what did they do when they were there? Well, I want to say, I don't know if he really had anything white on his feet, but his feet were just kind of... Kind of scaly looking. Yeah, knobby looking, kind of goofy Knobby, looking. yeah, that's a good description. So um, I took him to the vet, and I won't mention what vet, not for any bad reason, except that I don't think they diagnosed... Um, uh, Julia correctly, so that's not why I'm going to mention them, because um, uh, the vet told me that he thought that someone was picking on Julia and had been picking out her feathers. Yeah, I don't think so. No, and I'm I'm convinced it wasn't that. No, because, because I've seen molts many, many times in chickens, and it looked like a classic molt to me. Yeah, and once they're... Um, if Pin someone feathers. is picking their feathers out, it's usually on the center of their back right. or else down uh, right. by their tail region. Mm-hmm. This and was huge regions, and the pin feathers were all coming in all at one time. Oh, That's was, a molt. Yeah, so... Um, Who knows why? Yeah, so we don't know why, but... Um, and he also, the vet told us to confine her 
for two, three weeks because someone was picking on her, and um, we just couldn't see doing that. Well, we didn't even try. No. And um, I didn't see anybody picking on her, and in fact, um, within, what, about three weeks? Her feathers are all back in. Oh, she looks gorgeous. She's fine. But I have to tell you, they were the biggest. Oh, and it turned out that Julius um, did not have scaly mite. The uh, vet said, probably correctly, that he just thought he had some kind of gnarly-looking feet, and some of Mm -hmm. them do. Yeah. And... um, uh, I, I looked at one of our other hens, and uh, I think it's Lucky, and Lucky has kind of goofy-looking mm-hmm. feet. And I've seen photos of chickens that their feet doesn't look much different than that, so maybe it's somewhat common. Yeah, but um, they were the biggest hit at the vet, those two. <laughs> These are two little, um, you want to describe them? They're Columbia Rock Bantams. What do you say? Bantoms. Columbia Rock Bantams. They're just adorable. They're black and white with uh, the Julia... Julius has a plumy tail with the black, and it almost has an iridescence in there, with a little ruff around their collar that has the darker colors, primarily white with streaks of black, little ruff around the collar, and then the tail is beautiful and plumy on the male with a little iridescent green in it. Beautiful, just adorable. Now, and these are small. They're not the smallest bantams I've ever seen, but Julia, she's almost about, she's maybe half the size of Julia. Oh. Julia isn't much larger than um, a city pigeon. About that size. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of little for a chicken. She's a doll. Yeah, I brought them into the vet, and um, they're usually kind of um, shy of people. But Julius, he just soaked up the attention, and he insisted on staying out on the countertop while the vet vet first um, examined Julius. And I could tell he just did not want to go back in his little carrier. He just kind of um, made a little fuss. He was, uh, you know, not crowing, but making a lot of noise. And so um, he insisted on staying out when Julia came out and got her exam. And he was just standing there very erect and proud looking. And the vet tech was petting him the whole time. (laughs) I can't even imagine anybody petting him. No, he's too dignified for that. No, and you can't generally touch him. No. Oh, he loved it. He He just stood there happy as pie with all the attention. (laughs) And at one point, um, they were doing some tests to make sure he didn't have the scaly mite. And when they left the room for the tests, then uh, Julia started exploring. And he decided there was no better place than to be standing on the digital scale. thought it was a platform. Yeah, so there he is standing on top of this digital (laughs) scale, looking all proud. And Julia is pecking at the display. Maybe she was trying to see what he weighed in ounces rather than grams or something. I think she's trying to flip the display over. Uh, The vet told me something funny. He said there were people in the room next door who had brought a dog in, and they said, what are those sounds we're hearing? And just to play a joke on them, our vet insisted it was uh, a duck. It doesn't sound anything like a duck. And, no, the, and, the, no. and the guy said, come on, doc, I know what a duck sounds like. <laughs> so anyway, we were, uh, uh, myself, Julie, and Julius, we were uh, quite the hit of the vet. And, Made their day. Uh, yeah, and everyone's, everyone's doing just fine. So I got another Julius story. This was uh, several weeks ago. Uh, it must have been a pretty warm day because the ducks were out. The ducks haven't been going at their big pansies sometimes. They don't like to go outside when it's too too cold, too icy. Uh, I think it's more the ice than uh, anything else because uh, they've been out the last few days with some snow on their ground. But uh, they've been staying in the barn a lot. Anyway, this was a day when many of the ducks were out. Julius was out also, which was unusual. The chickens don't like being out in the winter very much at all. But he was outside with Julia. They were in the side pen. The ducks were in the middle pen. All of a sudden, 
he, I, I'll be honest, the sound he made was kind of like the clearing of his throat. It was nothing more than that, really. It wasn't a really big sound. No, it was just this little kind of a sound. And all of us, and that made the ducks, they kind of lifted their heads, looked alarmed, just all together, every duck that was out in that pen ran pell-mell into the barn like something really bad was going to happen. They must have thought that little sound he made was some kind of signal, like he's the boss of the barnyard, and by golly, they got to get in the barn. So that's what they did, and I thought, well, that's funny. And then the, he just he stayed out there with Julia, and they kept eating the scratch feed and stuff. It's like maybe he did it on purpose to get him a, he could get more food that way. At any rate, when I, was, I left there and was going around the side of the barn and to the front of the barn, I looked up in the sky kind of off in the distance, and you could see a couple look like red-tailed hawks way off in the distance. Now, maybe he saw those, and maybe that was some little alarm sound he was making, but I really did not know that he was like the super big boss of the barn, considering he's, what, half, more less than half the size of any of them? Well, I was also going to say, considering that the hens just totally and completely ignore him all the time. <laughs> you know, yeah, typically, yeah. you know, in the warm weather, uh, they'll be outside pecking at something, and he'll run up Strut and have around. all kinds of comments on what they're doing and uh, give them instructions they on how to do it Don't even look at him. Oh, they completely yeah, ignore like him. Yeah, little guy, he doesn't know mm-hmm. anything. I have seen him though lately when we, at, at night we go in and um, I sprinkle um, uh, you do that during the day and at night I, I do it before I close up the barn as we throw uh, treats on the floor of the barn right corn and leftovers yep and um, what I've noticed a couple times is he'll be happy uh, remember he's just a little guy and he'll be pecking at some corn and one of the big fat ducks will come over and decide to uh, take some of his corn. <laughs> and most of the time he'll let it happen, but every once in a while he just lights into them. Have, have you seen that? No. Oh, yeah, it's always entertaining. because <laughs> I mean, it doesn't hurt anybody, but to see one of these big fat ducks and this little tiny rooster all of a sudden gets, you know, gets it in his head to go after them. So, uh, Speaking of um, oh, poultry, you should talk about the sounds that uh, Marilyn is making. We have a, um, she's speckled Sussex. Speckled. I think that's it. Yeah, she's a speckled Sussex hen. Beautiful hen. Beautiful design. How would you describe that? Brown and white. It's not speckles, really. It's kind of overlapping brown and white with some green iridescence. That are brown. Yeah, people have to look it up yeah, on the web. Yeah, it's pretty. They're, she's a very pretty chicken. But I noticed in the evening when I go out there, the sound she makes, it almost sounds like she's trying to crow, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's not. She never used to make this sound. It just started a few weeks ago. I thought she had a sore throat and she was sick or something. But you'll just hear this. It's loud. Yeah, Yeah, it does not sound like a hen. And she's definitely a hen. There's no question about it. She's been around the ducks too long. Yeah, I think that's it. Just, it only started a few weeks ago and I thought she was sick or something. But she does it quite often and she shows no sign of being sick and she's eating good. Yep. So it's some new vocalization that she maybe picked up from the ducks. Well, we're going to um, take a quick break because we are just about at the halfway mark already. When we get back, we're going to talk uh, just a little bit about the, the, blizzard. Uh, the blizzard we had and an adventure with a Caroline little bird. Ran. right? And then we're going to talk about a new author we found whose books we're just crazy about. Oh, so we'll do that. Them. So uh, you're listening to Bob and Linda Tart. This is What Were You Thinking? And we want to know what are you thinking by listening to this show. Uh, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi. What Were You Thinking? We'll be right back after Bob gets the ducks out of his living room. Don't go away. (laughs) 
anything we won't do to make sure they're getting the best products and the best care. So when you ask us a question like, So how do you feel about cat condos? We can say from experience, Feels like home. For her. Enter the code WHAT, W-H-A-T, and save 10% on orders of $65 or more, plus free shipping at Petco.com. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash what W-H-A-T to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more. There's a movement afoot. ShoeBuy.com. Join the millions of people who shop ShoeBuy.com's over 400 brands and 500,000 products. Order now and get free shipping and free return shipping. ShoeBuy.com, the world's greatest shoe store. Walk your dog in style and comfort. Enter the code THINKING, T-H-I-N-K-I-N-G, at checkout and get a 10% discount plus free shipping at ShoeBuy.com. How would you like your business to reach out and invite in our audience? We have a brand new trademark concept called InfoSeeds. InfoSeeds are short 20-second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service. Is the best, most cost-effective way to invite us in. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit the website. PetLifeRadio.com Click on Sponsorship Information. There you can listen to a sample of InfoSeed. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are available. Hi, this is Tim Link, host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Join me as we feature interviews with best-selling pet-related authors, award-winning writers, journalists, and bloggers. And we'll tell stories about the animals and interesting topics about the animals in our lives. Each of the interviews will give you a first-hand knowledge about why the authors and writers chose a particular story, what the feature animals meant to them, and what has become of those animals that we've talked about. And of course, I'll also share stories from my own books, blogs, articles, and experiences. So be sure to join me and the writers and authors on Animal Rights. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, ducks are in the pond, rabbits in his hutch, and monkeys. Oh, in my car! Oh, okay, well, I go check my insurance policy. We'll turn you back over to Bob. We're back. Bob, Linda, and several assorted birds you can uh, hear in the background. I'm the author of Enslaved by Ducks and Fall Weather, and the forthcoming Das Land Neurotiker for my German friends. And um, also some news uh, is that my um, forthcoming book, The Funnel of Happiness, which is about our stray cat Franny and our other cats, that um, uh, my editor at Algonquin Books of Chapel Hill is editing that book right now. And this this is a very long process, but it's moving through, so it'll be out probably about this time next year, I'm afraid. 
So, but anyway, but that's good news. So it's yes, moving it forward. Yes, it is. Yeah. Why don't you talk about the blizzard a little bit? This is, and when did that happen? It was the first week February of February. 2nd, we got a huge blizzard. Most snow we've had in Michigan since, 19, uh, since January 26, 1978. There was approximately 12 inches. Some people got 14, 16, 18. I thought we got around 12, but some people uptown say more. I thought we got about 15. Some people say that. I, I don't, it's hard to tell because we had all that snow on the ground already and on the milk house and then to try to decide how much of it was there before. But there was tons of snow, tons of snow. Hard to get out the door, types of snow. It, it was very, very bad. Yeah, and um, we had been seeing, I think we mentioned on our last show, that we've had a uh, interesting little bird visitor this winter, and it's a Carolina wren. And this is the oddball bird that actually flies north a little bit for the winter. At least that's what I've heard. Yeah, because our house wrens disappeared in June. Right, and we never had a Carolina wren here all summer until it started uh, getting cold. Yeah, it's and then, cold so it's a very perky little wren and um, runs or uh, likes to stay close to the ground, kind of half runs, half flies, yeah, almost like a little like mouse. A mouse. So, More um, reddish than a house wren, just really cute looking, reddish brown with a little uplifted tail the way the house wrens have. So after the blizzard, um, I was really afraid for the house wren because it kind of hangs out in this brush pile down the hill from us. And um, I, I didn't know what happened to the thing because I didn't see it. Tell them about the time when it went under the pool and around the side of the house. Yeah, well, one of the times it saw me, it um, kind of skittered, half flew, half ran across the ground. It darted behind our generator and went under our um, couple like swimming a pools. Which freezer, and yeah. then there's some pools over there. Yeah, we had the these wall. plastic wading pools kind of up against the, hang, uh, against the side of the house, and it went behind them. Like a mouse. Yeah, like a A bird mouse. would yeah. normally fly away. No, nope. he just yep. ran across the ground, went behind there, and went behind the pools. I thought that was funny and silly. And tell them where else. Tell them where else we you have. Well, I hate to even say we have an old bathtub in our backyard because it, it makes there. it sound like a couple hillbillies. But, but uh, it's, uh, it's behind the milk house. Yeah, it's, it's not big, real obvious. It's a big old thing. Yeah, I don't know why it's there. It came with the house, but um, anyway, I saw him dive under that thing too. So because uh, it's it's off the ground, you know, it's on some rocks. And a little stuff, hideaway so. or something. Yep. So anyway, the day of the blizzard. Um, we have nothing against hillbillies, by the way, seeing as how my family are hillbillies, and I, I love the southern people. Right. Um, so um, I was using the snowblower and shovel just to, uh, you know, try and open up some paths. You know, we, we don't simply have a sidewalk to shovel off. I have to clear a path from the basement door to the barn, from the basement door to the goose pen, just all kinds of paths. I think we added it up, and it's 16.5 miles worth of paths, isn't it? <laughs> Well, it it seems only like seems it. like it. So anyway, um, I went out to the uh, goose pen in the backyard and shoveled around and managed to get... We have two doors to it, and I got both doors open, and suddenly I saw a bird inside the goose pen, and it was the Carolina wren. Now, there's no way in the pen that I know of because we have a little... Is it a half-inch mesh? Yeah. Um, and Unless it's, it came through the top. I don't know. But the, the top is also the half-inch mesh on that pen. Is it? Yeah. So it's this half-inch wire hardware, uh, vinyl-coated hardware cloth. So the only thing I can figure out is this um, little bird likes to dart under things that maybe during the blizzard it darted under this little uh, wooden shed that's a shelter that's attached to the the goose goose pen. 
And it probably found a little hole a mouse had made and came up into the goose shelter and then finally came. Spent the night there. Yeah, spent the night there. Probably had the best night of the winter. Probably slept under the goose's wing or something. Yep. Unfortunately, we haven't seen the bird in a while. No, you saw him the next day after that. And the day after that, too. Well, you came up the house to get me. You said, quick, quick, he's out in the pen. By the time I got down there, he was gone. Yeah, because I... You did see him the day after. Yeah, I I was chasing him with a net. Because he couldn't seem to find his way out of the pen, but right. by the time that... He did um, find his way out. Yep, he did. But you saw him the day after that, but we haven't seen him since then, and I can tell you, I every time I look out the back window, we're, we were so used to seeing him under this chair on the deck and around the um, milk house, in front of the milk house, I always looked for him, and to this day, and this was weeks ago, we haven't seen him for weeks, I still look for him. Every time I look out the window, he was just, I loved him so much. And I asked the Lord, if he can't come back, to please bring one that looks just like him back so we'll have our Carolina run again. I okay. just love that little guy. But who did we just see out here right now? A bluebird, a male bluebird. Beautiful yep. colors. Yep, yep. So we did our holiday book show last time, and um, I gave Linda a, a few books for Christmas, and um, one of them was from an author we had never heard of before. And you never know what to expect when you, you know, get a book by a new author. I didn't know if it was going to be any good or not. And um, so Linda read it and just raved about it. And uh, I'm reading the first book now, too. So, Linda, if you want to mention the author and the title of both books and just kind of give a general description. Well, the first one, the first one I read is called While You're Here, Doc, by Bradford B. Brown, Dr. Veterinary Medicine. The second book is called Just One More Thing, Doc, by the same guy. It's about this main veterinarian in the 19s, probably 19, early 1950s. It could be even late 1940s. I don't know. But uh, it's about he's a primarily in a large animal vet. He did go into small animals, too. He was in practice with his brothers, who were also veterinarians. Um, he practiced with them a few years, and then they went into other things, and he did the practice all by himself. It's just these stories about him going out to these farms all times of the day and night, to take care of cows and horses primarily. Oh, my gosh, that guy is the salt of the earth. He has all these funny stories about things that happened when he was taking care of these cows and horses. Yeah, I have never, like Linda kept saying. Very endurant. Yeah, Linda said all the stuff James Harriet went through. Think of the worst stuff he went through. It's nothing. Drop in the bucket compared to this guy. It's nothing compared to this guy. I'm just reading While You're Here, Doc, and the subtitle is Farmyard Adventures of a Maine Veterinarian. And again, the author is Bradford B. Brown. He just acts like these things are matter of fact, no problem. He might have worked 18, 20 hours in a day, and he just acts like it's nothing. Yeah, the story I'm reading uh, was called uh, Watson. And I think you said it was, you thought it was the funniest story of the book. I forget what animal he was out there first to look at. The goats. They had been fed dough. Oh, yeah, this guy. Went to the bakery to get used to bakery. They didn't have bakery, but they had dough. So this farmer fed them raw dough. And it was just playing havoc with their oh, stomachs. Oh, swelling it was just their stomachs terrible, all. It was terrible. a big mess. The, I got to say, these people in Maine, I've never heard of. I've, these people are just. They these, do silly things. These rural people. I mean, they're as funny as any of the people you read about in these southern collections of stories. Right. They're very independent uh, people that have their own ways of doing things. So uh, Watson, the story gets his name because um, after he looks at the goats, this. Um, Farmer says, uh, would you mind, uh, while you're here, Doc, which is why it's called People said that quite a bit. While you're here, Doc, would you mind looking at my wife's monkey? (laughs) 
<laughs> he didn't like the monkey too well. So he, he goes warned in the him house. about the monkey. Yeah, he goes in the house and Watson, he describes him as a um, cocker spaniel sized monkey. <laughs> and, it's, and I guess he had uh, a bad tooth, right? There's something swollen around his teeth. Yeah, and as soon as the monkey realized that the doctor was going to examine him, he went crazy. Tore, tore the house apart. Just tearing the house apart. He's throwing silverware at the people. Going and, to the bathroom all over the place. And at one throwing point, it at them. he gets out of the house momentarily. And one of the neighbors is terrified and says he's going to get a gun and shoot the monkey. <laughs> so the wife who owns Watson pulls out a rifle and says, oh, no, you're not. And, and the husband says, claim put she that doesn't away. know how to shoot anything. Right. So she says, Oh, yeah, see that tube of chapstick on the windowsill? <laughs> and she's sitting in the house. While sitting in the house. Inside she, the house. Inside the house, she shoots the chapstick off the window and, of course, breaks the window. And what's the I think hilarious, it was broken already because the monkey jumped through the window. Oh, that was a different window. You sure? Yeah. Okay. And I tell you, the thing that's so funny about this vet. Is he never bats an eye? I mean, no, not a bit. I nope. would be out You've of there. James Harriet would. James Harriet would be out of there. He just he just hangs around and acts. Where would like, he go? Let's go find him. Yeah, like like there's not a woman with a gun threatening everybody. <laughs> it is real. There's another one where they um, have to, it gets in the um, truck and it's under the truck seat. They yeah, have to they get have it out. Pull. They get bit like crazy. And there's another story where a horse breaks out. And breaks into the general store in town. He's eating grain out of a bin. And smashing, I mean, it's a huge In the middle of the night. Smashing up everything in in the store. In a blizzard or, you know, bad Mm -hmm. storm. And the owner of the store comes down there and he says, well, at least it wasn't a burglar. (laughs) I mean, these people are just so deadpan (laughs) They put up with anything. Yeah. And so so the book, what's the name of the book you're reading by him? His second one. Yeah, I finished it. Just one more thing, Doc. There's a story about him um, trying to dehorn a bull that should have been done when the thing was about three weeks old. Well, he's like two years old, and he weighs a ton, more than a ton. And uh, it's just you don't dehorn them when they're that age. But anyway, he got one horn done, and then the bull, I don't know how he was being restrained, but he got loose. Well, he took a affront to the fact that the doctor was doing it. They started chasing him all around the barnyard. He ran back in the, he, the doctor, ran back in the barn and tried to find a place to hide, you know, hot on his tail. He tried to go behind this pillar in the, over by these tractors. All of a sudden, there's this total silence. I mean, he had been just right right up to him practically and he hears this thud and the thing had hit the pillar and passed out now if it had been me i would have ran for my truck and went home right then he said quick get the snippers or something like that let's do the other horn <laughs> that's all you think of i mean and the whole book is full of these kind of stories and he can be working like all night long on doing something he's so tired he can't move and then the farmer will say well, while you're here, Doc, could you, uh, you know, check my pigs and check my cow, you know, you know. Or check. say, oh, my neighbor has a the dog. Na- there's two neighbors up the street that stuff look needs things looked at while you're here. And it turns out up the street is 20 miles away. Right, 20 miles away, and then the animal's not even in the barn; it's in the pasture, and he doesn't even bat an eye. This, it's just a funny. This funny is the book. most physical vet book I've ever read. It's just so the. I mean, he just gets the heck beat out of him. Every, every day of his life. Yeah, and it's just, uh, these people are real rugged um, people, you know, almost kind almost of backwoods like mountain people, people. Like yeah. mountain people. They yeah. don't pay hardly any money. The average uh, amount of money he'd get out of a job would be 4 or $5. And this, of course, is the 50s, but still. Well, sometimes they'll just give them eggs. Or, or they'd give them eggs or butter or milk or, some, you know, some what kind of produce. What was about the figurines? The what? 
figurines. Oh, yeah. He, he said, you know, by the end of his career as a vet, he had the biggest collection of figurines that anybody ever saw. Just <laughs> Which he didn't want. He didn't want. But just a good-hearted guy, totally um, devoted to his helping animals. Yeah, I really, um, I like the James Harriet books. but Oh, they're um, wonderful, too. But I have yeah, to say, I, I think this is just absolutely top-notch stuff. Oh, the writing is great. So it's, is James Harriet. I'm not right. saying, those are some of my no, favorite books, No, but I'm books saying too, I think this is As far as way, endurance and what he went through, I've never heard of a vet going through what he went and through, And his ever. absolute deadpan nature. He never complains about anything. Nope, he nope. never comments about... Puts up with about, everything. He was, he, I can't do that. He never, never even says this is difficult. He no, just nothing. He just these, records what happens. These ridiculously tough things he does. And then sometimes he'll be all beat up. He's got these muscles torn. His face is bleeding. This cow drug him. Was it a cow or a horse yeah. that drug him for how many feet? Yeah, and almost to the woods. And something? after he stands up, he's a bloody mess. And the farmer says, oh, good heavens, Doc, I thought you were done for. Well, now that you're here, would you mind looking at my hands? <laughs> you know, and he and says, okay. <laughs> It's just it's just incredible. It's, incredible. it's, it's just hilarious and it's the just whole, a great book. Both books are like that. Yep. So so that's really about the end. We got some more stuff we want to talk about, but we'll that gives us show. an excuse to do another show yeah. because um it's not really pet related, but we got some good typewriter stories oh, yeah. from Linda. Linda is yeah, one of the few people typewriter. left on the planet who uses a typewriter. Yeah. And you're gonna to wanna to hear that story, so um we'll do that next time. Yeah, so uh Thanks for listening. Go to my website, bobtart.com. You say, well, why, why should I go to his website? You'll get information on my two books, Enslaved by Ducks and Fall Weather, and there's lots of pictures of our animals there, including these, some of the wild birds that uh, we uh, helped raise and release for Wildlife Rehab Center. We want to hear your stories, too, about your animals. That's absolutely right. So uh, let us know about your animals. Let us know if you're listening. I'm going to start doing phone interviews again pretty soon once I figure out how to get that telephone interface back working. We had some repair work done on our lines, and maybe that got rid of the loud buzz that we had on our lines for a while because our that uh, yeah. tech said we had a ground fault. Right. So maybe that'll take maybe care that of problem. So thanks for listening. Thanks Thank to my so producer, Mark Winter. And send me an email at bob at petliferadio.com just to say hi to Bob and Linda. Yeah, we're looking forward to hearing from Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thinking about buying a monkey? How about a ferret or a skunk? Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions, where do you get them? What do you feed them? How do you take care of them? And most of all, what were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart, every week on demand from PetLifeRadio.com.